I know that this is like probably the most important day of the year for us personally. Mm. Right. Probably akin only to like maybe marrying the love of your life or <laughs> holding your child for the first time. Okay. Well, that day is only important for two people on this podcast. <laughs> so one of us, this is the uh, most important day of our lives. So anyway, I know this is like a super important day for, for one of us specifically, but I didn't, I'm going to be honest. I didn't get you guys anything. I'm oh, sorry. Brady. I know we said this year alone, we were finally going to give gifts. Yeah. I, I, we talked months ago <laughs> and about, I totally about gifts. I totally forgot. And I definitely, I definitely, didn't get you anything. Oh, Bray, wait. wait, did you actually get us something? Bray, I def- you've, I got, definitely... you've, got a, you've got a scamp tone to your voice. Are you? Look under your seats. Both of you look <laughs> oh under your seats right gosh, now. Oh my gosh, Brady. I know, there's nothing under there. I actually forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, there's like a Dorito. Did you Did you put the Dorito there? <laughs> did you put this, <laughs> yes. this hairball under, <laughs> under my seat? I don't even have a cat. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> guys, I have, I have a little something for y'all. Um, oh, God. Oh, okay. hold on. Let me check under my chair. Yeah, you need to check under yours. Uh, there's just a man. <laughs> oh, huh? Colton, why are you underneath? My, why are you recording under my chair? Oh, I, th- I thought you said a van. <laughs> yeah, in these trying times, how a used car appeared under my uh, my seat is beyond me. Honestly. <laughs> All right, Colton, what do you uh, approach the council? What do you have? Okay, so this was a few months ago. I had... I literally, guys, I literally woke up almost in like a fever dream um, from this dream that I had one night. Uh-huh. And it was about, it was like, I don't, I don't remember what it was about. All that I remember is that I thought this is a really good movie idea. And I woke up at three in the morning, typed it out in my notes, and then never looked at it again. <laughs> are you about to, are we about to have a live reading so, of your fever dream movie? I'm going, this is, this is November 25th. 2021 all right hey carol cancel all my appointments <laughs> yeah i've got a thing i've got something hey i don't have an i don't have an assistant <laughs> i have to do all my own stuff I, I i run my own business i was talking to the man under my chair oh his name's carol okay <laughs> lewis carroll i'm reading parts of it right now and it's okay <clears throat> Dystopian future where prisoners have to fight on an island. <laughs> We're already what, read that read that last part again. After you you caught me a dystopian future. I want to I want to hear the rest of it after that. Already off to a bad start. Okay. Dystopian future as we call it in 2022 today. <laughs> All right. Dystopian future where prisoners have to fight on an island until the last three. These three find their way to get to civilization, and when they do, they find out they weren't prisoners at all. They actually volunteered. (laughs) I don't... I don't know... I don't remember anything from this dream, but I remember that I wrote it down, and I was like, this will either be really good one day or really, really funny. So how did they forget that they volunteered for this? Well, I was about to say, so... They they volunteered. They walked down to their local like Fortnite battle royale recruitment center, and were like, "Sign me up, baby." 
But the moment they got in the bus, they were like, what the frick are we doing here? I essentially I essentially <laughs> rewrote Hunger Games. Like, it's not like... Yeah, it's Hunger Games and like... Fortnite mixed together. Which is just... Uh, Fortnite, uh, Fortnite is just fan fiction Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you know, like, a lot of these battle royales take place on, like, isolated areas, like islands. Right. Where, where are these islands? Where's this, like, pirate law, no country <laughs> associated with this place? Galveston Island. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> every every battle royale like PvP game takes place in the Gulf of Mexico. Like, right. It's just it's Florida. That's so, all. It's Florida. Somewhere in between Texas, the coastline of Texas and Florida. There are no rules. There are rules, but no one cares enough to enforce them. <laughs> right. Well, howdy, y'all. It's been a minute. Sit down. Grab a drink. Grab a snack. And sit back and enjoy Stir the Plot, a plot cast for movie lovers. But we watch the first and last scenes of a movie. Then we try to make up what happens in between. My name is Brady King. My name is Derek Foltz. My name is Colton Hart. Well, howdy. My name's Tyler. But we're not just doing one one movie today, are we, boys? We're doing ten. Ooh. Well, maybe is not it all 10? ten. Yeah, there are ten Best Picture nominees. Good which Lord. is that? Is that like an out of? I really, I genuinely don't know. Is that like an out there number? Are there always 10? I don't, there definitely weren't that many last year because I don't, I remember like no. seeing the movie list and being like, I can watch all of these. And this year I was like, well, seven movies came out last year. So <laughs> like, right. Um, well, welcome one and all to our Oscar Palooza Spectacular. It's a black tie affair, uh, red tie, black suit. It's an affair. <laughs> and just by listening, you, my friend, are a member. We're going to deviate from our normal format this week. To take a look at the 10 Academy Award nominees for Best Picture. Uh, Derek, do you want to explain how this is going to work? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, there's the old saying that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Uh, We're actually going to do exactly that today. (laughs) Over and over again. Over and over again until you are sick and tired of listening to us, Um, which could come sooner or later some people have already stopped the podcast i was was like depending on you know your feelings about things some um, people stop the dystopian future (laughs) we are going to take the just like from the titles of the best picture nominees alone uh we're gonna try to make these movies better because i don't Mm. know about you guys most of (laughs) most most of the nominees this year are um slow burns to say i made the mistake of watching uh, i'll say i watched the power of the dog and drive my car (laughs) both at the hours of like 2 a.m which is so you might as well not have seen them (laughs) yeah you (laughs) there were there was parts of this movie where i was like i am not in a headspace to enjoy this movie properly (laughs) (laughs) well i watched so i watched the power of the dog today at 10 o'clock this morning and i was right. like again i am not in that space to watch this the, right those are those are prime viewing hours granted i don't know when prime viewing hours are for power of the dog maybe once you've like been to a counseling session and had a meal beforehand i feel like it's a re- i feel like it's a requirement that you have to have been to a dude ranch before just once montana has that streaming 24 7 we'll talk about our feelings about some of these movies later right i feel like <laughs> Um, So just to summarize, the way this is going to work is we have all 10 Best Picture nominees on a randomized wheel. We are going to spin that wheel, and whatever movie it lands on, we are going to make up a new plot for that movie based entirely off the title alone. 
Uh, Colton, do you want to go ahead and list the 10 best nominees just so we have them fresh on our minds? Yeah, let me pull up the list. The nominees for Academy Award Best Picture are Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Coda, Belfast, West Side Story, Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Don't Look Up, and Dune. Now, Brady, if you can put some sound bites between all of those of the movie itself, that way we're right. true to yeah. Oscar can't. Oscar <laughs> can't. Just a middle schooler yelling, Encanto! <laughs> put Encanto on there! Where's Spider-Man? All right, so we've got 10 Best Picture winners. We're going to, based on the title alone, try and make up a new plot for these movies. Do you think we can do it? Do you think we can do I it? I think so. Do you think we're strong enough, capable mm. enough, fast enough, smart mm. enough? In the in the words of the great thought leaders of our generation, Daft Punk. I was I was about to say, like, are we going Daft Punk on this? <laughs> I think we are harder, better, faster, and stronger. Larger, better, stronger. Sorry, sorry, Brady. We're done. We're done. We can we can keep going with the podcast. Sorry, Mr. King. Sorry. If I put this thing in drive again, no more. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of drive. <laughs> All right, Colton, you want to go ahead and spin the wheel? Let's get a, let's get a wheel spin. Okay. Let's get a wheel. Uh, let it. me pull Do up. It, coward. <clears throat> spin the wheel. Okay. Do it. Okay, okay. Do it. Our first movie will be Power of the Dog. Oh, Perfect. God. Way to really start off strong, y'all. <laughs> um, so just off the top, we all love a movie <laughs> Where a businessman gets turned into a talking animal <laughs> to learn a lesson. Right. Boss baby. I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's the plot yes, of boss, boss baby. Ba- right? Boss baby. <laughs> I, I like the uh, I like the idea of, uh, you know, because it's about like, ran- you know, the real power of the dog is about like ranchers and everything. What if Benedict Cumberbatch, he's a mean rancher. He's so mean to Kirsten Dunst and, <laughs> and Cody Smith McPhee. But what he doesn't know is that she's a witch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, well, what he doesn't know, but we as the audience know, that's called dramatic irony, folks. We know that Kirsten Dunst is a powerful witch, mm-hmm. but she chooses to use her powerful magic to, to, curse, to curse Benedict Cumberbatch and, and, and turn him into a dog um, to teach him the power of like kindness and family oh and so begin the adventures of hank the cow dog an animated series <laughs> coming to netflix <laughs> wow <laughs> wow brady it's a little little 90s reach for a wow. few of you yeah oh, man i'm i'm in, i'm back in second grade wow so how do we think he's gonna how, he's gonna return to his human form like what does he have to do to redeem himself well obviously like he has to learn a lesson yeah right he's got to learn humility mm. right so Jesse Plemons is also in this movie, lest we forget. Mm. What if Kirsten Dunst turns Benedict Cumberbatch into a dog because Jesse Plemons is like, oh, well, you know, as long as uh, Hank is running the ranch, like, I, I don't get a say in anything. He's got a bunch of new ideas that he's bringing in. He wants to bring in, like, di- like rotating crops and and just different uh, yeah, irrigation. Yeah. Social media. He wants to go. He, <laughs> Instagram lives. No, no, none of that. Uh, yeah, Jesse Plemons has got all these new ideas that she wants that he want or that he wants to bring into the ranch. Uh, and so Kirsten Dunst is like, okay, well, I'm gonna get 
Hank, uh, we're just renaming Benedict Cumberbatch's <laughs> character to Hank. Right. <laughs> she turns him into a dog. And she's basically like, the only way you can learn, you can become a human again is if you learn progress. <laughs> learn to go with the times, <laughs> not against them. Right, and there's got to be like, like this eclectic cast of other dogs, right? Like, the, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that well, little chihuahua from Oliver and Company. <laughs> from Beverly Hills Chihuahua? I, I, I was going to uh, no, not from, well, no, I mean, no. <laughs> we can have two chihuahuas. Who says we can have two chihuahuas? Good old, you know, the chihuahua in popu- population in Montana is through the roof. Right. Especially right, in course, 1925. Yeah. Well, okay, let's think, let's think back to like popular talking dog movies. Who normally shows up in these? Airbud. Oh, Airbud's Air in there. I'm in actors, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Alec Baldwin has been in a cu- has been in a couple. Kevin Costner is in the reincarnation dog movie. Oh, a dog's purpose. Yes, a dog's purpose. <laughs> Burt Reynolds played the dog in All Dogs Get Heaven. <laughs> sure, Burt, Burt can be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Burt Reynolds is there for sure. I'm gonna say Cheech and or Chong. There's mm. gonna be like a really out of pl- like out of pocket joke about weed. <laughs> it's not a comedy. Hey it- man, you want to go do dog weed? <laughs> What it's is like, dog uh, Brady? I want you to describe what dog weed is for me. That's whatever that little Chihuahua was on in Oliver and Company. <laughs> you know what? I was gonna say it. John Mulaney. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, of yeah. He's for sure We're, like a scrawny little let's, like. Let's have a let's have a Mulaney a, a Mulaney dog. Right. He's a he's a whippet like that. He's like <laughs> what does that mean? A whippet he is a, a whippet. It's a type of dog. I'll tell you what, if you go Google a picture of a Whippet dog right now, you will absolutely understand where Colin is coming from. It's the Hold most on. Mulaney-esque dog I've ever seen in my life. It looks like it's anxiety-ridden. Like <laughs> Whippet dog. Yep, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but can't you just imagine that thing like standing up on stage and being like, well, the problem with dog food these days... <laughs> they, said, they said, look at that little dog with feminine hips. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously, you know, he goes on this adventure with all these other dogs to, like, learn humility and, like, learn how to be, like, not right. progressive, but, like... <laughs> right, yeah, learn the power of friendship prog- and He learns how to be progressive. And, um, right. and then there's, like a, like, a mean old bear that attacks him, and he, like, jumps in front of the bear and saves them. And The then, bear is voiced by Kevin Hart. Right, voiced by... <laughs> <laughs> I love this Oscar-nominated movie with Kevin Hart. <laughs> it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> then the bear the bear takes off his mask. It was Kirsten Dunst the whole time. And she's like, you finally learned the power of friendship. And it's, she turns it back it, into a it's, human. It's, it's Kirsten Dunst with Kevin Hart. She's like mimicking Kevin Hart's voice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not even Kevin Hart. It's Kirsten Dunst doing a Kevin Hart impression. <laughs> Poorly dubbed the entire time. Like Kevin Hart's words are definitely not matching her lips. Exactly. <laughs> Something just y'all, wrong. Do y'all think whenever she first read the script for the actual power of the dog, because uh, her son in that movie is named Peter. Do y'all think she was like, do we have to have it be Peter? Like, can we change the name? Like, to. She thought it was a Spider-Man film. I want to leave the dark times behind me. The dark times with Tobey Maguire. They didn't let me. They didn't let me in No Way Home, and now I'm mad. <laughs> now I'm mad. Colton, you want to do another one? No, I'm okay. Uh, I think we can end it there, probably. Well, cool. uh, yeah. yeah no, so this has been me. start of the plot, I guess. All right, and uh, that's it. Don't well expect any more from us. Oh no, it started. Okay, we have to do one more at least. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <sighs> okay. All right. Next movie is Don't Look Up. Okay. 
all right, we can work with this one. Yeah. You'll ever just look up. What if we didn't? <laughs> what if we didn't do that? <laughs> Leonardo, it opens on a shot of Leo, like, just eating breakfast, and he just kind of, like, looks at his egg, ponders it for a moment. It's like, you know how sometimes we all look up? And he looks straight in the camera and just says, don't. What? Roll credits. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, like, busting, don't. Shoots Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> Say no to looking up, kids. What if it's, like, don't look up, like, so, like don't look up, like, the definition or, like, don't look up something online. Oh, I was literally, I was literally going to say something along those lines. And I'm so glad that I'm not, I'm not the only one drinking from the stupid well today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep, it's a deep and wide well that we've all protected. <laughs> um, I'm going to say something dystopian future. Yes. No. Dictionaries have been banned. Yes. <laughs> Oh, one man. person has the last dictionary. Ah, the book of Eli. I love it. <laughs> no, it, no, it's the book. Of, it's the <laughs> it's the book of Miriam Webster. <laughs> yeah. So Leonardo DiCaprio is the only it's the only person on Earth that has the world's last dictionary. And he is um, getting together like a small band of like rebels. To y- y- y'all gonna you in the words of Kamala Harris y'all gonna drag me for this one? Um, <laughs> they are going to try to rebuild the Gutenberg printing press. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Uh, what if the leader of this post-apocalyptic wasteland is like Leo's old English teacher? Ooh, Leo was always the one to like raise questions in class, and she was always mm. shooting him down. And, and so, now she's literally trying to shoot him down. Right, right now she's actually trying to shoot him down with bullets. <laughs> right. Okay. So we come to find out that like, as they're going to rebuild the printing press, we're getting too into this. Um, <laughs> that, um, we're building out this lore a little too far. Um, Timothy Chalamet <laughs> is like the teenager with a printing press. Like he built it himself. Like, cause he was like a cool hipster. Like that's why <laughs> yeah. he has. And so they start making these new copies of the dictionary and they're getting them out more and more. Um, Whenever they go to the final fight with Meryl Streep, along with her two uh, her two lords and ladies, Tyler Perry and Kate Blanchett, <laughs> um, uh, you find out. That <laughs> oh goodness! You come, you come to find out Meryl Streep has the Gutenberg printing press in her like castle. Ah yes. And she, and she's put a curse on it. No, <laughs> she she's also Mer- a witch. Mer- Meryl Streep is also <laughs> a witch. And she's used it to, cre- to create propaganda. It's, right. It's, it, if anyone tries to make a dictionary on it, it will destroy itself. <laughs> just oh, like it, it like gosh. inverts into nothing. Like it just like blips yeah, out of existence. It turns, yeah. into an, it turns into an unprinting press. <laughs> <laughs> It's, like, it's a paper shredder. Yeah. <laughs> is that an unprinting press? That's what I did. A paper shredder. Also, as I like to call it, an unprinting press. <laughs> hey, do you have any documents that you need to put in the paper shredder? The what? The paper shredder? <laughs> you, you mean the you unprinting, mean unprinting press? press. <laughs> do you have any documents you need unprinted? <laughs> so she's been, she's been, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Retcon. The, she's turned the printing press into an unprinting press. But and they she's don't been, know. 
Right. And so she's like, here, yeah, you can use it. And so he puts the only copy of the dictionary that he has in there to try to recreate it. And he starts erasing everything. And then it's revealed at the very end. After everything's settled, the dust is the dust is settled. Timothy Chalamet goes, well, I've actually just memorized the whole dictionary. So. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is also blind. <laughs> yeah, he's blind the whole time. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they can rebuild. Some, some of our best work. Some of our oh, best work. Oh, man. Okay. Y'all want another one? Yep. All right. We've got... All right, we've got West Side Story. So far, I've seen all of these. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to genre swap this? We could like do a. We, we could do a sci-fi like West Side of the Galaxy. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Are we keeping the same story? Well, I guess we have to change the story because it's already a space Puerto Ricans. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I love space. Puerto, space Puerto Ricans is so powerful. <laughs> Like just the just the sentence, like just the the identifier space Puerto Rican, like <laughs> as an as an adjective. Oh, hey, where are you from? I'm a space Puerto Rican. Oh, <laughs> what is the Puerto Rico of space? I do we have a Puerto Rico? Is Puerto Rico up in space? No, I just. No, I'm, born in space. <laughs> I'm, Puerto I'm from another planet, but I just so happen to be Puerto Rican. <laughs> that for sure sounds like a tweet that like Grimes would put out there into the <laughs> or something like that. Oh. <laughs> Today I'm space Puerto Rican. God. So West Side Story. <laughs> <gasps> oh, okay. Hold on. I've got it. I've got, I think I've got something. What if it's post everything that's happened? Like apocalyptic. Post apocalyptic. Okay. No. Oh, God. What if it's like post everything, like Romeo, Juliet, or whoever are dead? And it's like a gritty, like detective trying to go through. It's, an, it's <laughs> and like West Side out, Story is a noir. Yes. West Side Story is a noir. He's trying right. to figure out like right. how it all happened. And it's like this weird story. Right. It's like story a medieval of, noir. Like, in which, like, medieval detectives look in and go, hmm, that's why is a lot it of medi- blood. Wait, why is it medieval? <laughs> West Side Stories is set in the 50s. Oh, I thought you were saying, like, like you said Romeo and Juliet are dead. Well, the Romeo-Juliet like, characters, sorry. Oh, okay. I thought you meant literally. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're taking a hard swing with just putting this in the Middle Ages. Um, <laughs> my favorite my favorite two genres, finally, a Renaissance film and, the, and noir. <laughs> Wasn't that just the last duel? <laughs> well, sure. Let's like let's make it a period piece. There's there's plenty of sure sixties noirs. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it's Renaissance. So you all, y'all gonna drag me for this one? Oh god. <laughs> the fifties cop sees everything that happens with uh, Maria and the sharks and uh, everything else. Right. He says, "I'm not getting any answers from anyone. This story feels very familiar, though. I have to go back to the source." Mm. <laughs> And so he picks up a book of Shakespeare's plays and gets transported. And the the words start glowing and like rising off the page. And gets transported into the world of Romeo and Juliet. No, no, no. He goes to he goes to the library looking for looking for information, looking for research. Kirsten Dunst is there. 
She's and a witch. She says, I've got a book for you. And hands him a magical Shakespearean book. Oh, wait. He sees that it's okay. He gets sucked back in time and it's all happening again. But like if, in, he, if he can stop it from happening in the book, he can stop it from happening in real life. <laughs> that's how that's how books work. Just like dreams. If you die right, in the book, we, you die we, in real life. <laughs> <laughs> we can we come to find out that the story of William Shakespeare's ro- the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet is actually a real story. Right. And that does also like explain the weird B plots in Romeo and Juliet where Shakespeare writes about this random cop looking guy who's running around <laughs> trying to break them up and prevent them from falling in love. With a thunder oh, yeah. stick in his hand that that went through <laughs> a man. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. But Tybalt has a gun. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet colon Tybalt has a gun this time (laughs) that man killed that man from 60 feet and it was the loudest thing I've ever heard I am no longer interested in crime I'm no longer interested in crime and then one guy is like this this kind of like side character he's like wow this is all this is all such a crazy story I'm going to start writing this down. What's his name? Edgar Allan Poe. All right, next movie. <laughs> you know, the William famous Renaissance poet, Edgar Allan Poe. All right, let's, let's, let's get one more. All right. No, there are one. No, there are no, How many was that? One. Did we do three? We have, we've done three. All right, we have... Ooh, Belfast. Belfast. All right, Belfast. The story of Belfast, Belfast Ireland. Got to go faster, Belfast. Um, <laughs> Wait, what if what if it's about Irish racing? It's an Irish racing movie called Belfast. Belfast of the Furious. <laughs> oh. They've gone to space. They've gone <laughs> across the globe. They've fallen over. The over. one place they, <laughs> they, haven't place they haven't gone. Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> well, our family's the final been, frontier. Our family's been everywhere else. It's time to take it back home to Ireland. Wait, wait, wait. What if, what if they like they've been through so much? It's time to settle down and go on vacation, and so they all take it to Belfast, Ireland, for God knows yeah, why. The the Fast and Furious crew, I can imagine, is going to have a rip roaring time in Belfast. Right. They just drive from America to Belfast. Their cars are so fast they can go over water. And so they just in order to pull this off, we're going to need serious speed. Something like we, we're going to have to drive faster than ever before. Bell faster than gonna, ever before. <laughs> we're going to have to drive bell. <laughs> so they're, they're vacationing in Ireland. Um, but it turns out they've stumbled into, I don't know who, who are some fast and furious bad guys. I don't I mean, does, does Charlize Theron with a bowl cut still exist in this? <laughs> I haven't seen fast nine. So maybe it's, it's John Cena again. John Cena's there again. <laughs> He's gone back to his old ways. Oh. <laughs> right. He's gone back to his old ways and he set up headquarters in Belfast, Ireland. So they think that they're going on vacation, but really they uncover another, another John Cena plot and have to well, I don't turn- know, ra- race into the sun to they save find the a bunch of cars that haven't been recalled properly and they're they cannot <laughs> right. stand for that which one of the do you think Ludic- they're gonna dress ludicrous up as a leprechaun yeah i think they have like yep he's got the big like three leaf clover glasses and a- they're gonna <laughs> and he's gonna be like he's gonna be like man why did y'all do why did y'all do they're this gonna to tell him that he has to like go undercover 
as something, and then like the other guy is just gonna like give him this costume as a joke. <laughs> Perfect. I, I can't believe we just wrote a really good Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> I guys, I think it actually is this easy. <laughs> I think I think that's what they do. Anyone can be a screenwriter when it comes to Fast and Furious movies. And here's the thing: it's gonna make a ton of money. That's right. Is it gonna be good? No. Will you go see it? Mm-mm. Probably. Probably. All right. Uh, one more. One more. All right. The last one. Get get me out of here, Colton. Please. The walls are closing in, please. Crawling in my skin. <laughs> Something's in the way. I got I just rolled Nightmare Alley. Alright, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley it is. That's a good one. Nightmare Alley. I'm just gonna say it. Haunted bowling alley. Oh, that's so good. Derek, I wasn't even thinking bowling. I was like, okay, maybe there's like a spooky alley, but no, man. No, it's a, it's a haunted bowling alley. A world famous bowler like cannot like he can bowl 300 every time except mm-hmm. for at this bowling alley. He just he's mm-hmm. trying to figure out why. It's the curse of the small baboski. Mm, I ooh. Derek, are we sure <laughs> we want to do the small baboski? That's <laughs> that's spooky. <Yeah. laughs> so, world famous bowler he goes to this one bowling alley that everyone in the bowling circuit has named Nightmare Alley. And it's the one they say you can never you can never bowl a, a perfect score on. It's right. impossible. Can't be done. He he goes and he grievously injures himself. Ooh. He's torn like his hand ACL. <laughs> Not the hand. You, you can't bowl after your hand ACL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The like only determination he can make is that the place must be haunted. So you know who he calls? The Warrens from the Insidious franchise. <laughs> the Conjuring franchise. I'm oh, sorry, the Conjuring franchise, he, not Insidious. He, he, he calls Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> yep. Play, played respectively by Bradley Cooper and Rooney Mara. <laughs> you know what they discover? <laughs> this place was plagued. With spirits, because back in the 60s, everyone got poisoned by those nasty stadium nachos that they used to sell at the snack yes. stand. <laughs> there was a ma- it was a massive casualty from food poisoning. Um, <laughs> so they come there and they, <laughs> they, they discover that a demon has made up residence in, in the bowling alley. The demon known as the small babooski. And he hates bowling. He ain't going to let anybody strike. <laughs> I'm probably picturing this scene where their first encounter with him, he like leaps out of the shadows and they hold up two bowling pins and across. <laughs> His skin starts to bubble. You have no power here. <laughs> uh, before the bowling alley was built, uh, this old man's house uh, used to live on that land. And um, they, the 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 people that owned the the, the chain of bowling alleys the, that it, it was a main event. It was the people that owned main. The, <laughs> it was main event came to try to get him to get him to sell his house. He's like, no, I'll never do it. I'll die before I sell this house. Turns out he did. <laughs> so they poisoned um, him. They poisoned yeah. him, and they knocked it down with a giant wrecking ball that they made to look like a bowling ball. Um, right with him inside the house. Yes. Um, <laughs> And so they they leveled the house. They built up a main event, and that main event has been haunted forever. Um, our our world our world famous bowler, who is played by 
Willem Dafoe. Mm. He needs to redeem himself from Death Note, so we're offering him another yeah. insidious role. You're to play. still holding him accountable for Death Note. He's um, he's at an even sum now after No Way Home, but Death Note, right. <laughs> Death Note, and No Way Home have canceled each other out. Yeah. What what if they discover that the only way that they can dispel the demon is if he bowls a perfect game? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. So they like God, have to I fend off this demon. Yeah, they they have to fend off this demon. Meanwhile, he's got to like under all that pressure bowl a three hundred with a torn hand ACL with a t- <laughs> right with no thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> the ball rips off his thumbs. What? <laughs> That's the equivalent of tearing your hand ACL. <laughs> I want y'all to. <clears throat> I want y'all to listen very carefully. Oh god! The movie. The movie is called Nightmare Alley. Tagline: The power of strikes compel you. <laughs> we're back we're back we're back (laughs) not even missing a step we're back we are back in a big way in a huge way we are back we've got we've got space puerto ricans and power of strikes oh man the power of strikes compels you jesus okay oh my god oh whoa that hit me like a ton of bricks (laughs) that knocked the air out of me (laughs) wow Oh, oh man that's crazy that you just had that locked and loaded. <laughs> I was like, I was like, there's something here. I just need to think about it. And then I got it. So <laughs> wow. if oh, you wonder what man. every, all of us have a purpose on the earth. Colton, that was yours. That <laughs> was, <laughs> just, that was wow. Your final gift to humanity before your spirit departs. Thank you. <laughs> before we roll, we just rolled a perfect game at that moment. <laughs> That's right. Oh man. Oh, God. Uh, do we want to, do we want to talk I, about? No, I we, think, I think the power of strikes compels you is a perfect note to end on. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. So as tempting as it might be to like ramble on and on about uh, all 10 of these movies, this is entertainment. This is showbiz baby. Right. So right, right. I thought we could take our discussion about the best pictures this year and put them into a little game. Um, I, I've made a bracket. Oh, man, bracket. that's madness. Because it is, Mar- it is March Madness. I know. I know oh. y'all are sporty people. This is your language. So I thought I'd engage mm-hmm. with you in a medium mm-hmm. you can understand. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Anything for you guys. <laughs> so I've got a bracket in front of me with all 10 of the Best Picture nominees. And we're going to go line by line and make these make these movies duke it out until okay. only one one film remains. Okay. Right. The perfect film. I've tried to pair these up as best as I could. I feel like some of these are going to warrant longer discussions, but a few of them might just be. Breezes. Are we are we going? Who would win in a fight? Or are we going best? The like, better, the better of the two. The movies. better movie. The better of the two movies. Gotcha. Okay. okay. So okay. I'm going to say the title of two movies. We are going to basically say which one we think is the better movie, and then we'll move on. This is a single elimination, um, and at the end, we should be left. With one movie standing. So this will be really Dune solos your verse. <laughs> I, I also think we need to take into account, like, I'm going to go ahead and say for me, I know there's a difference between movies that I like and movies that I think are objectively good. Yeah, so. that was how that's kind of how I feel about like that's was me watching a lot of the movies. I was like, this is a good movie. <laughs> 
It's just I not don't particularly for like me. it though. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, do we, do we want to be like super objective about this or do we want to like, just look at the facts? That, that was my question to you is like, do we want to just go through like which one of them was our favorite movie or which one do we think is the worthy best picture winner? I mm. honestly, I feel like in keeping with the spirit of the Oscars and just kind of like film uh, talk in general, we need to interject our own opinions. Into <laughs> right. right. We need to make this as unobjective <laughs> as possible. I got you. All right. Here we go. First matchup. I have King Richard versus Don't Look Up. King Richard oh. being the biopic starring Will Smith as the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Don't Look Up as the satirical comedy starring Leonardo DiCaprio. He plays a scientist who discovers a meteor is about to crash land into the earth and he cannot get anybody to believe him that it exists. Uh, it's an allegory for climate change. King Richard. That was fast. That I, was faster than I thought that was going to be. I haven't seen uh, King Richard, so I'm going don't look up. I haven't okay. seen King Richard, but I have seen don't look up. Um, and I don't even like sports movies. However, um, don't look up rubbed me the wrong way. Um, not because I don't believe in climate change <laughs> <laughs> because I don't believe in that global warming. I, I just think, uh, I just personally think that don't look up is a very poorly done attempt at satire and, mm. um, does not really have anything to say that has not already I, been said by, Gre- by Greta Thunberg before. <laughs> <laughs> so I have seen King Richard and I would also argue that it's the superior movie. Um, if nothing else, like, is it anything new under the sun? Not really, but Will Smith carries that movie. Who has the most, uh, who has the most buzz about best actor? Mm, very true. King Richard. I, uh, I think don't look, I like don't look up. I don't think it has a big place on this lineup. If I'm being mm. completely honest, I think satire has been done better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, all in agreement for King Richard. Say I, I. I. Okay, this one's gonna be interesting. Um, Nightmare Alley versus Power of the Dog. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Power of the Dog stars Benedict Cumberbatch as a domineering rancher who responds with mocking cruelty when his brother brings home a new wife and her son. Uh, it's a western drama with quite a twist ending. And Nightmare Alley stars Bradley Cooper as Stanton Carlyle, who uses his charm as a carnival mentalist to swindle wealthy people out of their secrets and money. Also, big twist ending. Oh, man. Yeah. I tried to put the two most depressing movies on (laughs) (laughs) back against each other. Both. I've seen both of these. Yeah. Same. I watched Nightmare Alley. I watched Nightmare Alley yesterday and I watched Power of the Dog this morning. Both, I, I think, are similar enough tonally that I thought they'd make a good matchup. I feel like I understand that Power of the Dog is an excellent movie and felt the most Oscar Beatty to me. Right. I, I really liked Nightmare Alley, though. Yeah. I, that's where I am, too. I think that the Power of the Dog was like very Oscar bait, like you said, but I feel like I was more entertained with nightmare alley i did also watch it at like 11 p.m on a school night and i was like well time to go to bed and go to school tomorrow <laughs> like, <laughs> i was gonna say that's a long movie to watch on a school night it's yeah. also a lot of emotional damage to take right before bed <laughs> yeah i didn't know it was gonna be like that but i was like <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Time I to think, go to sleep. I think that here's my here's how I feel about it. Both of these movies are similar in the way that they they tried really hard to keep my attention and I just could not pay attention to them until the very end. Mm, yeah. Slow burns. Kind of like these are the, two extremely slow burns. Well, here's the thing. Nightmare Alley is a long movie. It's two and a half hours. Um, and it feels like a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah. Power of the dog is only two hours, but yeah. that feels like a, th- a two and a half to three hour long <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do and think as, like the ending justified both of these movies for me having a place on this list. If I had to me, choose one, I think I'm going to move towards nightmare alley. Yeah. And I, I love, I love a blonde woman with an issue, but like <laughs> both of these movies feature blonde, blonde women with issues, which makes this really hard for me. I mean, I thought, I thought the ending of nightmare alley was a lot more impactful than the power of the dog. So I'm going to go with nightmare alley. Right. Man, I, I know I've lost this game, but I'm going to give it to power of the dog because I guessed the ending of nightmare alley. And the ending of Power of the Dog surprised me. And I think that the the scene with... <clears throat> I think the piano scene in Power of the Dog was one of the most yeah. like... Colton, hard, you and I talked like, about this. Yeah. I, that was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, which, I literally... Which piano scene? The one where she's like trying to play in front of the guests? Yep. Or where yeah. she's... Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that drove me up a wall. I, I literally like I was whistling the like and I was like, oh, man, I don't like this. Like I was like, (laughs) I will say that scene where she's like playing the piano in front of like the mayor and like uh, Jesse Plone's parents is what it feels like at every family function when they find out that I do improv. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do something. Say a joke, funny boy. tell us a joke, tell us a joke. And I'm like, Oh, well I'm, I'm terribly out of practice. And they're like, no, no, you've been practicing for so long. And then, and then Benedict Cumberbatch walks in. He's like, you've been practicing surely a lot. Yeah. His accent was wild in this movie. Um, all right. So for nightmare alley and power of the dog, uh, Derek, your vote is nightmare alley, nightmare alley. Yeah. And Colton, you're going with power of the dog. Yes. Okay, I do think I'm gonna have to break the tie with Nightmare Alley. I think I just I enjoyed it yeah. as a movie better. I um, will sh- I will say this though. Uh, props to Guillermo del Toro for making a movie that six people saw and it somehow wound up being a Best Picture nominee. <laughs> <laughs> An excellent movie. I don't remember any sort of advertising for either of no. these. But well, if you were if you remember, it came out the same day as No Way Home. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was going to say, they wanted to kill this movie so quickly. <laughs> um, it made, <laughs> I don't know how much it made actually, but like it made like $75 globally. <laughs> it was in one theater. The rest of the- <laughs> Guillermo del Toro was like, well, if we can't get it in theaters, you don't want to come over to my house and watch it? I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll yeah, make popcorn. But, but, you know, we're going to give it its flowers today. So. Yes. Excellent movies. Watch them both. Next on the lineup. I'm interested in y'all's take on this. Licorice Pizza versus West Side Story. Oh. Mm. West Side Story being a remake of the 1961 musical by Steven Spielberg in which a budding young romance fuels the war between two rival gangs in 1957 New York. And Licorice Pizza, the slice of life drama that features Elena and Gary as they fall in love in 1970s San Francisco. I have not seen I have not seen Licorice Pizza. 
However, I've seen the trailer for Licorice Pizza, <laughs> and it just looks like a movie that's like geared towards like what I would like and enjoy. Are, are y'all ready for my hot take? Oh, are you? I would love to hear your hot take, and then you're gonna hear mine. I did not enjoy Licorice Pizza at all. Thank you. Oh my okay. god. Okay. Thank you. I I thought it was uncomfortable and did not accomplish what it set out. To oh, be. I guess I, I haven't seen it, so I need to watch it. So. Colton, you are I, right. I, the trailer had me hooked, which is the only reason right. I wanted to watch this movie. Right. So I, we we can't talk about licorice pizza without addressing the elephant in the room, I guess. Uh, yep. Like the movie features a, a romantic relationship between Alana Himes character who in the movie is like 25. She's 25. Yeah. And uh, what's uh, what's his name? Uh, Cooper Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman. He is 15 in the oh. movie. So it is a full Mm -hmm. like decade age difference, which rightfully I feel like um, made a ton of people uncomfortable. Well, so Um, so here's my thing is that even like let's put the age difference aside and, and like just throw ethics out the window, I guess. Right, right. In order for this movie to work, you really have to believe that the two main characters relationship is worthy of your time. And I did not buy it at all. Not for I a thought, single second. Nope. I kept waiting for it. Cause essentially I saw somebody on IMDb call this vibe, the movie, <laughs> which is so true. There's not a ton of story. And if there's not no. going to be a ton of narrative, you have to make up for it with character. And I didn't right. think that there was a lot of character there that was that was worth my time. I kept waiting for them to go on like some misadventure where their relationship would finally click for me. And it just never came, which it's so funny because like people will like when you bring that up, PTA stands are going to like eat you alive and they're going to be like, right. Well, not everyone in a movie has to be a good person. I'm like, I'm not saying that that like, that's not like, honestly, I'm in with like, I'm in with Brady. I went into this movie knowing about that. And I like threw my ethics out the window. I'm just like, let me just watch this movie and see if it is like as uncomfortable as people made it out to be. I wasn't necessarily uncomfortable. However, I was bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie. Nothing is, happened. Nothing happened. This movie is boring. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously I think we're going to give it to West Side Story, but <laughs> uh, I feel, I feel like we just need to take some time to rag on licorice pizza for a second. Um, it made me realize that, my least favorite genre of movie is like slice of life mm. because it's like, it, it's, it's no, it's barely any plot. Well, and that's the thing is like the, the slice of life movies that work work because you like the characters. I didn't like mm-hmm. either, any of these two. Like I thought no. that I thought the girl was overbearing and cringy. I thought the dude was like not nearly as slick as they as were portraying him to be. No, I, I thought the, the other teenager that was in the movie the one that's this is probably going to be a reference for a couple people out there but the guy who plays gideon in uh righteous gemstones yes i was like i thought he was a lot more suave than uh a cooper hoffman yeah total miss for me total miss for me total miss and it's like the, the way that people are defending this movie so hard is like it's weird mm. it's, one of the main defenses i've heard is like it takes place in the 70s the 70s were just a different time okay sure they were a different time. There's a lot of stuff that happened in the seventies that does not hold up today. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, not, yeah, not even, not even mentioning in like the 
two like very racist like Asian jokes they made in this movie. Well, and like the uh, difference the difference between that is that like it's like a one-off joke that just kind of establishes the mood and sentiment of the times yeah. versus let's build an entire movie around this very problematic ideal. Right. And that and that I don't right. agree with. And it's like and yeah, and it's like I mean going back to the plot thing, it's like I don't think, you know, this is not me also saying that like I don't think that every movie needs to have like a hero's journey plot. Right. But like you said, if there's going to be a lack of plot, you need to make your characters likable and you make you need to make us like want to root for them. The whole time I was like, "Oh my god, find someone else." Yep. Yep. I was like I was like this boy surprisingly is like drowning in women his age <laughs> i don't know why i don't know why and it's like why is he so hung up on this 25 year old girl who literally at one point in the movie asks her sister hey is it weird that i hang out with this 15 year old and all of his friends and she's like yeah it's a little weird <laughs> and it's like okay you should listen to your sister <laughs> i don't know let's ask the cops <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, well, I, mean, I think and, we know. I know which way the wind is blowing. Yeah, I was like, I think we. West Side Story is fantastic. It's very, very. It's good. great. Um, I tell you what, let's talk about West Side Story's merits in the next lineup because I wanna, I wanna move on to the next um, bracket, which is uh, Belfast versus Coda. Belfast chronicles the story of a family in Ireland as they try to navigate the tumultuous 1960s Irish riots. Now. I have, not seen, I have not seen. I have not seen. Two movies I have not seen. Really? Okay. I have not yeah. seen Coda. Belfast was wonderful. I loved Belfast. I've heard Belfast well, is then, very good. It's uh, it's very good. To, shout out to Dex Hinton from the One Take Podcast, who I believe is one of the only people on Twitter that has like verbally seen Belfast. <laughs> and he says it's incredible. So I actually think Belfast uh, is probably one of my top contenders for actual best picture. Um, I think it really has a shot and it's a wonderful movie. Um, It takes place in Ireland. It's an Irish movie about the riots that happened in 1969. And it's essentially the story of this family that is questioning whether or not they should move out of the country because of the violence. Mm. And it Mm. explores like what has to happen and how do the stakes have to be ramped up in order for you to leave your home? Yeah, it's it's sad. It's heartbreaking, but wonderful child acting. It's a it's a great movie. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, um, and um, also, like uh, like I said, I have not seen Coda, uh, but I'm just really happy to see Marley Matlin in something. I I have not seen Marley Matlin in a, Matlin in a lot since The Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, it's, I think she's just a wonderful presence. I love her. Well, like I told Derek, Coda was locked behind Apple TV, so it might as well not exist as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, I have like nine years worth of free trials of Apple TV plus. So it's like, I'm like, I will before the, before the ceremony itself, I will have watched all of these movies that I have not watched. Okay. But I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Belfast. Yeah, I have to, cause okay. I don't know about, I don't I know say, I'm, I'm going to go on your word, Brady. So, all right. I'm going to go Belfast. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Coda. Yeah. Sorry, Coda. See you later. Maybe one day you'll, uh, <laughs> You'll get the viewing you deserve, but it's not today. Yeah. Um, next up, King Richard back in the back in the running against Drive My Car. Oh, Drive My man. Car being the story of an aging widowed actor who is seeking a chauffeur. The actor turns to his go-to mechanic who ends up recommending a 20-year-old girl. Despite their initial misgivings, a very special relationship develops between the two of them. 
the the other two movies I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, so dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out, and I'm just gonna go with. Uh, if I have Brady, have you it. seen you seen Drive My Car? Yes, the only one I've not seen is Coda. Okay, I honestly like. I so I haven't seen King Richard, so I'm gonna go with Drive My Car. I'm interested to see what you say. I really really liked the movie. I it is a. Slow, slow burn. It is a slow burn. I think it was really, it's, really good. It's, oh, it's over three hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like three hours and some change. So this is going to come down for me to like what I said earlier that there are movies that I like, and then there are movies that I know are objectively good. I liked King Richard better. I think Drive My Car yeah. is the superior movie. I do. I, I think yeah, and I can see I can I can see myself being entertained by King Richard more than Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. So on it, well, I guess then that's if I'm going by that, if we're going by entertainment wise, I, I would say King Richard. Um, but I think the character, like not even the character development, the relationship development, yep, of like him and his chauffeur was like such fantastic, a cool, like fantastic, excellent oh, screenwriting. Man. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Drive My Car for me, Colton. What do you? What is, what's your vote? I think. Man, I don't know. I I'm also like biased on. I just watched drive my car last night, so I think I I think I am gonna go drive my car. Okay, right uh, now he's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna hang up from the call and go drive his car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go drive my car. All right, bye guys. Uh, I'm I, yeah. I'll I'll go drive my car too. If so, just to make it unanimous. Freaking sheep. Form your own opinion. (laughs) What if I just was like, all right, King Richard then? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's two to one, Derek. So, uh, democracy at its finest. Crack open the dumpster real quick. Into the trash heap you go, King Richard. Into the thick of it. All right. uh, Next up, this is going to be an interesting one. We have Nightmare Alley again versus Dune. Oh, man. Dune being the sci-fi adaptation of the book by Frank Herbert, in which a young Paul Atreides, played by Timothy Chalamet, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people as malevolent forces explode into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence. Only those who can conquer their own fear will survive. I am going to try really hard to not be objective because y'all yep. know my thoughts on Dune. I yep. Well, I think we can just go also, around and say like Dune was the most incredible theatrical experience I've had in a very very yes, very. Yes, it awakened yes, yes, something yes, yes. in me that has not that has been asleep since I saw Star Wars for the first time. I so here's the thing. I had a ton of I had a ton of fun in movie in a movie like uh, Spider Man No Way Home. I thought that was fun. Dune was, uh, <laughs> I probably gonna get some flack for this dune was like akin to like a spiritual experience like, it was incredible no yeah. but like i get what you're saying like i think we could all say entertainment wise best movie out there like well, it's like 10. the only blockbuster right yeah um the the only one i think oh, well never mind we'll make this match up later i i have a feeling i know where this is gonna go uh but you're right like it was just a it was an experience nightmare alley was a, a quality story but I don't right. think many movies could compete with just the like raw emotional experience that Dune was. Right. And, yeah. and I think that like, we, I mean, I think we have to take into account Dune is half a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, it's like you can say like, well, I didn't enjoy it or like I didn't, or I don't think that it is a quality movie over nightmare alley because it's not a full story. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, it's tough too, because I've seen, nightmare alley a lot sooner than i've seen dune and it's tough to me too because i'm like i don't think dune's going to win 
Oh no. And so I I don't know. I I'm tempted to sway towards Nightmare Alley, but if we're going on like how we liked the movie, I think it would be Dune. Tell you what, who wants to break the ice? Who wants to vote first? I will vote. I will vote Dune. Hey, I don't hey know. Derek. Like, hey, Derek. Because it's like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to just be like Dune because Dune was like, Dune is one of my favorite movies. I'm like, but that's what we're going off of though, right? We're not saying like, which one's going to win the Oscars. We're saying like, which one we enjoy, which one, more. which one we think is the more enjoyable, like better film. Yeah. I, okay. I'm just going to say Dune. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I, I was about yeah, to say, I, I felt like I knew where this one was going, but I'm kind of um, afraid that I'm kind of afraid that it's going to end up like we're, we're going to make people listen to this just for Dune to end up winning the whole thing. I don't know. It's <laughs> going to make it through a couple more rounds. So so we'll see. Well, and it's hard, too, because like if it was like, hey, Colton, which movie do you want to watch again right now? It would not be Nightmare Alley. No, it'd be Dune. Mm-hmm. It would be Dune. It would not be any of these movies other than I Dune. Would, like, <laughs> I would use the voice and say, put the movie in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Semifinals. Here we go. You ready? All right. We've yep, got Drive My Car. Versus Belfast. Ooh. Oh, well. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm have to I'm set a, this one out. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Belfast. I thought it was the superior. I love Drive My Car. I just, like, Belfast, from a creative standpoint, I thought was just, it was a gorgeous movie. It's incredible. Let me let me say this. I'm going to go Belfast because, Brady, you have you have made me want to, like, go and actually spend the money to rent it. It's great. Like, before it's I was like, it. oh, I'm not going to go watch it. But yeah. now I'm like, okay, maybe I will. Yeah, six bucks well spent on Amazon Prime. It's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, let's not snub like drive my car. It's a fantastic, right. fantastic sure, yeah. experience. But I do think that Belfast, I I just enjoyed more. And I, not only did I enjoy it more, but it was a well crafted film. Um, yeah. And so for that reason, I think I could I could easily say it wins. Um, and for that reason, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. out. I I think that it was probably good we spent less time on that so that we can talk about Dune versus West Side Story. Oh, oh well, I'm, Dune. I'm I'm yeah, Dune. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. 1000%. Y'all are going to be y'all are going to be very upset whenever I talk about my least favorite movie. Did you not like West Side Story? I did I I enjoyed it, but I did not like it. Are like, you not, a, not are like you not a it. musical person? I am. That's the thing. But I, we can talk about it. Okay. I yeah. I think with the we exception of Dune. So these are my two favorites. Um, I think maybe with the exception of of Belfast, West Side Story was probably the most enjoyable for me on this list. I adored that oh, movie. I thought okay. it was. I thought it was wonderful. So let let me say because we like we talked about licorice pizza for so long. <laughs> uh, I I have a feeling the winds are blowing towards Dune right now. But West Side Story is a wonderful musical. It is well crafted. Yes. yes. Uh, it Steven Spielberg is still got it. Oh yeah. And Steven Spielberg never lost it. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Truly. I don't. I don't think he's made a bad movie. I also. I. I adore Hopefully how. Doesn't miss. <laughs> I adore how Spiel, uh, Spielberg made a like conscious effort to include Latino actors in this movie. I like, mean. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, yeah. I yeah, mean, it it's was, definitely well, not less like, if you were, as like if that you were, point, if, as like if you remember the original West Side Story, it was white men and brown face. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Also, Brady, to to counter your point, like I very much agree, but it would be pretty buck wild if he didn't. Twenty twenty one. No, you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> imagine, imagine Steven Spielberg digging his heels in the ground. He says, "No, I want to keep with the tradition of West Side Story. Sh- everyone has to be white." 
with the exception of Rita Moreno. <laughs> okay. Well, West Side Story, it's been real. It's been fun. But I feel like the sands of Dune have swept you away. I hate that we put it up against that because it's like, I, I also really enjoyed West Side Story. But like when it's mm-hmm. up against Dune. I'm yeah. interested to see what what happened if it was like out, if Dune was out of this whole thing. If Dune, if, yeah, if Dune was not involved in this, like who would have? <laughs> who was who was up against Dune in the first round? Uh, it was uh, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Okay, so Nightmare Alley versus West Side Story. I think I would still give it to Nightmare Alley. Really? Oh, you? Oh, you oh, really didn't like you, West Side Story? You didn't story. like West Side Story. I was just yeah. say I would a thousand percent give it to West Side Story. Anyways, okay. Let's keep moving. Is this the finals? This is the finals, and I have a feeling I know where this is going. <laughs> Belfast versus Dune. Uh, all three well, of us <laughs> have seen Dune probably multiple times, and I seem to be the only one who twice. has seen Belfast. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it sounds right. like it sounds like Dune's gonna win the whole thing. I was about to say, but by, West Side Story by default would have won the whole thing. <laughs> all right, let's think. Let's think about this real quick. Yeah, I, I want. Uh, let's go around the table. Everybody say a bad thing about Dune. Colton, say something mean. Say uh, something bad about Dune right now. Uh, Timothy, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, I'll. I mean, I'll go ahead and say. Please, Timothy's like, got a gun. Like, I mean, literally, like it's half a movie. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's over two and a half hours long, and it's still half a movie. And in that regard, I also think just like as a protagonist, uh, Timothy Chalamet did wonderful. But Paul is not the most engaging protagonist. Um, it, it's I don't think again because this is <laughs> not to be that guy. I don't think he's supposed to be. Well, exactly. Yeah. He's not supposed to be, and this is also like the first half of his journey. Right. Um, right. But if we're just going off of like likability, then <laughs> Dune did not have that going for it. No. Um, here's okay. So as somebody who has seen Belfast and thought it was a wonderful, engaging film, I'm still tempted to hand this to Dune only because I don't think something like Dune has come along in a very long time. I have seen mm. stories similar to Belfast. Right. Dune does feel like a once in a generation type of experience. Dune is the birth of a franchise. Like yeah. we, I mean, really, truly, we, yeah, truly, we just watched the, we watched the birth of like a new, like major franchise. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I am sure Bel like, I'm probably going to watch it either tonight or tomorrow. I am sure Belfast is wonderful. And you guys, like, y'all might, y'all might, uh, actually I'm interested to see the next time we record what your thoughts are because y'all might yeah. watch Belfast and totally disagree with me. Y'all might like not. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I might hate it. Yeah, you might think it's despicable. <laughs> I thought Jamie Dornan, Dornan in that movie sucked. Judy Dench, <laughs> hater, the worst. Um, okay, I'm, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go. Yeah, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go with Dune. Yeah, here's here's the thing, boys. Who who wants to tell Belfast? Who wants to do it? Do who I have to tell, to tell the him? kid from Belfast? Yeah, you got to look deep into his <sighs> his eight year old eyes. Okay, okay. Hey, bud. Hey, come here, come here. Hey, um, no, it's nothing bad. Top of the morning to you, mister. <laughs> hey, okay, yeah, well, already, already out of there. So that, that's really why we're here. Um, oh, hey, man. Was that a good laddie? Like, <laughs> some people just like different things. Um, and you actually don't have control over me with your voice. Oh. Um, 
that Paul Atreides does. And so... Oh, well, I, can, I can give it a shot. I can give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Feed me potatoes. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, right there. I, I actually just want to hit you instead of instead of watch your movie. Oh, I, um, I, I, <laughs> I guess I'm not the Quisatanak. <laughs> it's weird. This exact scene is in the movie. <laughs> he literally says, he literally says, I guess I'm not the Quisatanak. Yeah. Are you guys sure you haven't seen Belfast? <laughs> <laughs> Colton, I'll actually take it from here. Hey, bud, come with me. Yeah. I just around the shed. Why do I have a gun? Don't worry about it. Just keep walking. <laughs> you want me to you want me to think of the rabbits? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just around the corner. Real quick. George, when are we gonna open the farm? <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations, Dune, for winning our Yay. that went about exactly like Not I expected. <laughs> and no one is surprised. Shocking. Absolutely no one. Um well, all of these movies are great. They're all wonderful. Um, I truly think, with the exception of Licorice Pizza, screw that movie. <laughs> Throw Licorice Pizza on the burn pile. I'll take I'll take Licorice Pizza out behind the shed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not about like media censorship or anything, but I will be full on red cap Republican <laughs> about censoring <laughs> Licorice Pizza. Wait, <laughs> wait, why is it called Licorice Pizza? Do they address that in the movie? No. No, nope. never. Not a single time. Oh, I was waiting for that good. scene where he was like, you want to come with me and eat my my favorite childhood oh, snack, I, licorice pizza or something? It never happened. Uh, <laughs> never happened. Uh, so now we're just going to go around and uh, just very quickly, uh, you get to say your favorite best picture contender and your least favorite best picture contender. Okay. Um, I'm going to start because I am the master of transitions right now. Um, mm. and I'm also very selfish. He's got the, he's got the transition stick. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something conservatives would be afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way you can kill Ben Shapiro's with the transition stick. <laughs> you gotta drive, drive it into his heart. <laughs> Whew. All right. Um, my favorite, uh, is obviously Dune. Um, I know it won't win, uh, because, artsy Hollywood types hate blockbusters. Mm. Yeah. It's not cinema. It's not cinema. It's not cinema. Um, and my least favorite, uh, by and large, Licorice Pizza. Oh, my God. That movie was boring. <laughs> yeah. Dear God. Just the worst. <laughs> I'm actually going to say favorite was, oh, man. I hate that we killed it so early. I really enjoyed West Side Story. I do think that was my favorite. And, and like I said, the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah. I think it was like the most fun movie yeah. that I watched out of this lineup. Um, my least favorite. You'll never guess. You'll never guess. It's Licorice Pizza. Oh. <laughs> Hated that movie. Uh, if it wins Best Picture, I will eat my own shoes. I will take my Adidas NMDs <laughs> and I will boil them in a pot and I will eat them. We're, we're going to live stream. <laughs> we're going to live stream at that moment. <laughs> When uh, when best picture gets announced, and if it's licorice pizza, we're all <laughs> we're all gonna eat our own shoes. <laughs> okay, so I think for me, I think that my favorite, like entertainment wise, was Nightmare Alley. Um, I think I I nexted it out in the beginning, but I still think it's like my favorite one of these. Yeah, uh, and my least favorite is West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> Let me it. say, I'm genuinely curious. Okay, Colton, what what was it that you didn't like about I, this movie? Okay, so. The cinematography, phenomenal. Ansel Eggert, love him. Bold. I, I, I do. I, I like him as an actor, and I liked, I liked his character. The Puerto Rican parts, I loved. 
the white people parts were the most white thing that I have ever watched well, in yeah, my they're entire all Irish. life. <laughs> no, I no, I know that, but I'm like, I just felt so awkward watching them, and I just didn't like it, and I didn't like any of the songs. He wanted to talk about Bruno the whole time. <laughs> That's did, right. Is that more your is that more your jam? <laughs> he, huh? he, wanted to, he wanted to feel that surface pre- surface pressure. I okay. I did like the. Um, I did. I liked the America song, and I liked. Yeah, literally, it's all. It's been in my head, um, and I liked the Maria song. But other than that, I was like, I just was not. I wasn't okay. a big fan of it. I'm sorry. I will okay. say, I hear you. I don't agree with you, but I hear you. I think that Ariana DeBose should win the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. She's wonderful. She's, She's great. phenomenal in this movie. She's really. really she plays good. Maria's older sister. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. like I said. The Puerto Rican cast and like the scenes with them were amazing. I love like if the movie had only this is been also that, uh, Rachel Ziegler, the girl who plays Maria. This is her first movie. Most everybody in the cast was was like straight off Broadway, yeah. or they yeah. had they were like nobodies. I yeah. say nobodies like being in a like being on Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> they're nobodies. Yeah, one multiple Tonys. They're just like ugh, gross. human human trash basically. <laughs> oh man, they mean nothing. Uh, so yeah, that was our Oscar Palooza for this year. It feels good to be back doing this again. It does. What now, Brady? (laughs) (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed our Oscar Palooza episode. If you did, the best way that you can help us support the show is to go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Spotify also has started including... Uh, a rating system on podcast pages. So if you go on Spotify and do the same, that would help us out a Mm. ton. Um, It really does help people discover the show. And it's uh, it's just like a nice thing that you can do for us. Um, Feel free to reach out with suggestions, questions, comments at stirtheplot at gmail.com, or you can always message us on Facebook or Instagram. And thank you to 11 Acorn Lane for the use of our theme song. Stay Electro Swing Remix. Great song. Great track. Great (laughs) tunes. Derek, you got something for me? I do. Uh, this is in review where I take a review from the Twitter account, Insane Letterbox Reviews. And we're going to guess what uh, movie they were, movie or TV show or any other property that they've reviewed. Is it going to be uh, Oscars? Um, <laughs> it should have been. Uh, um, oh, great. Okay. Personally, uh, this is a review from Blake. He's actually a pro member on Letterbox. Good for you, Blake. Oh. Um. This is a movie from 2007. He gave it five stars. And Blake says, transcends cinema. I'd give it a hundred stars if I could. Jesus wept. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with Ratatouille. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with Marley and me. (laughs) Both wonderful guesses. Um, But sadly, cannot hold a candle to the 2007 Eddie Murphy hit Norbit. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, back, baby. Good golly. Uh, get me out of here. My name is Brady King. My name is Derek Fultz. I'm Colton Hart. And I'm Tyler. And if you see Sandra Bullock, please embrace her. Give her a hug. Give her an Oscar. <laughs> Give her another one because <laughs> the blind side, that was a choice. <laughs>
You ever think she, uh, Sandra Bullock, wakes up in a cold sweat thinking about <laughs> the blind side? She, she wakes up in a sweat and says, oh, my God. 